0: Everything on the podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing I say is meant to treat or diagnose, or it's not even advice for you to follow. So remember, when you're listening to the podcast, I am a doctor. I'm just not your doctor. Welcome to On Call with Dr. Dave. Today we're talking with Dr. Jody. And Dr. Jody has an interesting story. He is a doctor who is going through medical school. And most doctors don't go through medical school. Most people go through medical school to become a doctor. So your situation is very unique. And I'd love to have you take me through the first time you went to medical school, where you're from and what possessed you to do this (laughs) twice. You must love medicine and caring for people more than anybody else. Because if you told me I had to start over, I love doing what I do. I just don't know if I could go through that again. So, <laughs> tell me about yourself. Tell me the story.
1: First of all, thank you for having me on your show. When you, for the questions like that, it sure does bring so many emotions right now. So, I'm from Nepal. Originally, I'm from Nepal. I immigrated back in 2012 to the U.S. I was in Nepal. I did my medical school there. Graduated in 2006, seven. And then started working as home critical care for five or six years, give or take. When I was in medical school, my parents immigrated to the U.S., but I was there. I wasn't involved, but my parents and my sister were here. So when my mom started blackmailing me, <laughs> saying, <laughs> you, you gotta become here. We can't deal without you. And I was like, mm, I think I have a good life here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working as a physician and parents are they they wanted me to come and then life happened I met my wife we got married and I came in 2012 then went through the process of U.S.MLE, the exams passed everything and then because I, I would be an IMG the international medical graduate so I have to do a thing called USCE the United States clinical experience thing so I was rotating with internists. I was rotating with different hospitals and and clinics. And then I started applying for residency. The first two times uh, didn't match. I was like, okay. Then I started doing sub-I's. I found a place in Miami The name shall not be taken. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did sub-I for nearly five months. On, I, I am. I was on the floor, doing everything. The program director really loved me. Huge shout out to him if he's listening. To this <laughs> the residents, the second year people, even the people from committee. Everybody knew me. I did interviews. Was very happy, and again, uh, it didn't match. <laughs> I went into a bit of a turmoil, and then I asked him, like face-to-face, I was like, okay, I know I didn't match, but could you tell me why, or what can I do extra so that it solidifies my chance to get into a resident spot. Obviously he didn't have an answer. I don't think he was going around and I'm like, no, no, just just give me the answer. Is there anything else that I can do? Like I had a couple of researches, uh, exam was done. Everything was done. I'm, I had like us clinical experiences, the shadowing and observerships and eyes. And he said, there's a panel that selects you in, into a resident spot. So the panel function was a problem, which was 2006. And I'm talking about now. And that really hit me hard. Uh, I couldn't think straight. And coming back to why I i um I'm doing medicine is if you ask me to to fix a chair, like small bolt is come out and it's pretty the, fixed like the, the chair, I can't I might go too much. loosey. If I go right too much, I might break the bulb. Like I'm not handy with these stuff. Tire goes out, I don't know how to change the tire. Even if I do YouTube, I'm I'm not sure. So you're not handy with tools. You
0: can't fix a car. You can't fix a chair. That's what I'm good at. I'm a surgeon. So my wife does that. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody in the relationship needs to, so yeah, but, but fixing people, knowing what's wrong, medicine in general, figuring out what's wrong with a human. That's where your talents lie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say like I'm the best, but (laughs) but I, I get pulled towards medicine. It's like a magnet to me. So, yeah then after that incident i went into a bit of turmoil at home i was not happy and a lot of people started saying why don't you go into with the huge respect to all the fields people started saying why don't you go to nursing or pa school mm-hmm. if you want medicine and my head was yeah definitely let's say i past nursing or or PA school. And then I'm working in a clinic or a hospital setting. And as soon as a resident walks by, the mind would be like, I could be in that position. Nothing would make me happier rather than being in in, as as a physician, I think. And believe it or not, I started going to a public library, getting LSAT books, Wow. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> that's a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> going to law school would be it. Yeah, I was very naive. I was thinking very childish, thinking that I would go into law and the first thing I do after I pass out is I start suing these programs that didn't get me. I was that heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, you, got, you gotta find
0: that passion or fire someplace, yeah. whatever whatever kept you going.
2: Channel it one way or the other.
1: Then one day I was good one, one and a half months into LSAT studying. And then my wife came one day and said, I I I support you what you do. I'm not saying, can you not do this? If you, if your heart is in it, go for it. But think about this. A law school is four years. Medical school is four years. Law zero about law. (laughs) At least you know something about medicine. So if you want to go to school, which school should you pick?
2: Mm.
1: And now, 30 year medical student. So when you said Dr. Jody in the beginning, it shook me I'm like, oh my god, I have not heard doctor in front of my name for a long time. <laughs> and even now, like my friends, my peers, when they call me doctor, sometimes and don't call me the doc, I'm still a medical student. We'll get there, though. We'll get there. You'll get <laughs> well, there. It, it's always
0: been interesting to me because I've worked with a lot of people over the years that did their medical school overseas. And I know there's rules and there's this hierarchy, but so much of it's so not important. So some of the best doctors I've worked with have trained in foreign countries and then came over to the United States and they were able to get into residencies without doing medical school. Some of them did do medical school. You are a doctor, you earned that title. And you came to a country that unfortunately didn't recognize your talents from the get go, but you are proving to everybody that you definitely deserve that title. So I worked with one doctor he unfortunately was in a similar situation. He came from Nepal and he was an ophthalmologist and he came to the United States and he tried to get into a residency program and couldn't, and then because he already had a number of kids and needed a job. He took a job as a scrub tech and he would assist on the cataract surgeries. And I was talking to him and I said, I don't know how, I don't think I could do that. If I wasn't able to do the surgeries to watch a bunch of people, especially residents do the case and know you could do it better. And he just said, you know what? It was hard, but I just love being here and he would help teach, and he would always hand people the exact instrument they needed, whether they asked for the right one or the wrong one. He would hand them what they needed. He was the best, and he decided. He said, "I'm going to be the best scrub tech I can possibly be." But I looked at him. I thought, "But you could also be the best doctor." So I know that we have rules and regulations for a reason in this country, and yet I don't know that it serves the public.
2: Are we yeah. keeping? Are, good... we keep, are we keeping yeah. good
0: people? out of medicine that could be better served by just coming here and working. I knew a doctor from Columbia. He trained me in residency and same thing he had to go through and it's, it took him seven years, seven years to get into a residency. So he tried every year and he kept doing research and seven years. And I guess you're going to be at seven, at least with four Mm -hmm. years of medical school and three years of residency and then fellowship, if you decide to do home critical care again, but it's, he could have been practicing and helping people for seven years. Do you find that going through it a second time has been beneficial for you? Has it been a good experience? Have you learned more or is it slowed you down? What's your impression of that?
1: The going twice is, is difficult for sure. It's difficult. Like I, when I go to school, at least during my pre-clinicals. My friends used to ask me, "Oh, this must be easy." When the exam came up, and they they come out of the hall, and say, this must be easy. First, it was not. <laughs> Being a student is tough job. Like any student is a tough job, and given that a medical student is like going back to immuno, micro, biochem, same crep cycle again. It was just very tough. But has it been beneficial? Yes, it. I think it solidifies your knowledge more. I'm not saying there would be loopholes or there will be holes in your medical knowledge by the time you're a fellow or you're an attending, but knowing the basics, again, really helps your understanding of the subject material more. That really helps but uh, with a lot of pain.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just when you mentioned the Krebs cycle, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I had to go back and have to learn that again. I had to learn it in high school, then in college, then medical school. And clinically, I don't use the Krebs cycle. None of us do, but they they make us learn it. So yeah, I've I've pushed that out of my brain. That would be so painful to learn that again. Yeah, I, I did enjoy learning. It's a tough job, but I did. I liked learning. I liked going through different specialties in medical school. But that would be that would test me to do it twice.
2: I'm over here looking at my kids' homework sometimes and going, "I forgot this was even a thing." And
0: that's fourth like, grade. I, and yeah, like, and that's this is like fourth like grade. Easy stuff in fourth or fifth grade. It's like, of course you remember that. No, you don't. You don't geometry, remember like that
2: Geometry and I'll do a fair amount of geometry, like life geometry. But looking at it, going, "I forgot this even existed." One wow. half
0: base times height,
2: and you know, yeah. No, <laughs> there's no room for that up here. So I can't imagine because I remember looking at. This, the syllabi, right? Like all of these stacks and stacks of paper that Mm. Dave would bring home and just how much he needed to keep in his brain and how you need to keep it in there, but just how quickly it could just, I only need to know this for a couple of hours and then just (laughs) exit right out to make room for more. So not that you can pick and choose what you forget and what you remember, but there's only so much room in there.
0: (laughs) And how did your wife take this? So yeah. I mean, she married you right before you came to the United States. So you get married and then you're like, Hey, honey, we're going to move to a different country. (laughs) And by the way, Uh, I may not have a job when we get there.
1: Yeah. He has been nothing more than a pillar of backbone spine. The air I breathe, everything of my life. (laughs) So we, we got married in 2012. He was first year resident at that time. And then we, uh, she was doing in Colorado, obviously I, we ended up in Colorado. I'm in New York doing my school. She's in Louisiana. The home is Louisiana with with kids and everything was, and her work and okay. In pre preclinical years, I was able to go home at least a month uh, after the major exams, uh, it's called comprehensive comp exams, So I used to go after comp exams, but now it's rotation time. Uh, my time is not my time as you said, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I've not been home for for a long time i was hoping to go on thanksgiving but it doesn't seem likely so i'm hoping by at least on christmas i can i get to go home and the support she is i'm lost at words what she is i hope i don't say this on a daily basis to her so when she hears this shout out to her that has been such a big support in my life I would not have been in a medical school second time if it was not for her. Yes, we are not together. Yes, we only talk on FaceTime three times a day or two times a day, not even more than five minutes because she's working. I'm at this hospital, but that you feel that strength, even we're this far apart. And yeah, keeping it short, I would not be here. I would not be doing medicine twice if it was not for her, never. Also, with the beginning, like I said, she was the one who said, "Yeah, four years of law, four years of medicine. What you want to choose?" <laughs> From that till today, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: the dedication that you have to stick with it. But the dedication and the trust and the love that she has for you is amazing too. To let you go through this journey, Ashley and I had similar conversations when we were looking at residency options and different specialties and what that mean for the family. And some were going to be harder on the family and some were going to be easier on the family. And she just said, I don't want you to have any regrets. I don't want you to be 10 years out in practice and say, I wish I'd done something different, but you compromised because of this. And so she said, I support you in whichever choice you make. And luckily for both of us, I chose something that was reasonable.
2: It's reasonable, but you know what? If you had one that wasn't reasonable, if it was something that that you needed to do, you just you do that for your friends, and that's what I hear from you talking about your wife. Is that you guys are friends, your buddies, you treat yourself, you're each other's support system. Sometimes we're just crummy friends to the people that we're married to, and but I feel that friendship from you two. Just hey, we're in this together. Let's do it. And hats off to her for holding down the fort and probably a practice and all the things that come along with that, running a house and kids and the craziness of life, but it'll be for a short time, it'll be over soon.
1: I've been saying that to myself and it's been three and a half years apart from her and the family. And I've been keep saying myself, okay, six more months, six more months. Keeping it short so that for the fourth year comes soon, six mm-hmm. months is here you can rotate wherever you want. So I've been like, guess where I'm yes. going to rotate yeah. my fourth year.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: So, yeah. Now, what, were there early
0: experiences as a doctor in Nepal that really solidified why you would even go through this? I, I have to imagine you had some experiences either personally or directly with patients. That really solidified in your mind that this is what you're meant to do. Can you think of any of those stories?
1: So many. It's a little bit different being a physician back home. You are really treated like a super nearly God, if not God. One was a patient came in the clinic. Normal day, patient comes, fever, blah, blah, blah. This cough and this and that. And then I send an x-ray, chest x-ray comes. I see pneumonia. And and then she goes, yeah, I've been to doctors. I have got this uh, fever for so many days. Nobody's able to treat me. She had her own complaints of other physicians and blah, blah, blah. And then I go, okay, why don't you take these medications and come back five days? We'll do some repeat chest x-rays and we'll see. She comes out of five days and she touches my feet with her head that's how we show respect to the elders back in the above and i was like okay this is not happening in the <laughs> <clinic>. okay <laughs> it can not happen for us at that time as, as a physician i think that comes to us natural that oh you write a drug or an antibiotic and then that's because we studied that's not a rocket science for us but for her when she was from a very rural place where she didn't couldn't find You know, physicians or whatnot, and then she had to be with me, and then I gave her a medication, and that was such a huge relief because she was out of her ailments. And when she tossed my fear, I was like, that moment I was like, oh my god, this is not happening. And she like we talked, and it's okay, fine. And then when she was like with her tears, she goes, "Thank you so much for saving my life." In my head, like you're like like God-like, you're superhuman. You did all this for me. I'm I'm still thinking, but I studied that. I didn't do anything. Heavenly, It was just a bunch of medications. And it struck me like, how many patients would be there that have not seen doctors for such a long time? The other incident is, there's a rural place in Nepal. What I'm saying, there are way too many rural places in (laughs) Nepal. So (laughs) This place is, is called Jumla, and then the only way to reach there is by air. It, or if you have a horse, we went there for, for a free health camp. A bunch of my friends, we had some lab technicians took some just to do simple labs, like with CBCs and not high five, but small things. And we took a bunch of medications. Two incidents. One is a guy came and then sat in front of me and he goes, Are you doing? And I said, that is my question. Are you doing? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine. And, and then why are you here for a health camp? Then something's bothering you. It was all good. What's going on? Yeah. Everything is good for heartburn and one medication for diarrhea and one for fever, please. And I looked at him like, but do you have those? I goes, no. <laughs> and why do we need this? So he goes, Oh, I walked four days. Four days, because I heard a team of doctors are coming here to give medications and to check up on people. I haven't seen a doctor for seven years. To see a doctor, I have to walk eight days. So four days, I can see you. I don't know when I'll be sick, but these are the common things that I might have that I think. So could you write me this medication so that I can go home before it is dark outside? (laughs) That really shakes your belief in how you can help people. The problems that we think that we have is nothing compared to a a person who walks four days just to see a guy wearing a white coat. That is, I, I haven't, that's unbelievable for me to think on today's day and age.
0: Yeah, we take it for granted. I did medical school in Virginia. And some people in West Virginia and these rural communities wouldn't go to doctors or it was rare for them to see a doctor. And, but even that they could jump in a car, take a bus. It, it's even when they didn't have easy access, they still had access. They didn't have to walk Box. and it's yeah. And that first patient that you shared, so grateful that she touched her head to your feet. For you, you wrote a prescription, you diagnosed something that was very straightforward and gave her the right prescription, but she's right for for her. You saved her life An unchecked pneumonia could have killed her. And so it's, we take all these things for granted that the knowledge that we have, the knowledge of hundreds and thousands of doctors before us and medical schools and books and all the companies that make the medications and test them, it's just exists in our world. But for so many people, it doesn't exist until we offer it to them until we give them that information. And that's amazing.
2: I think about that man walking four days to take care of himself for the future, like the amount of foresight or the amount of ownership he has over his own health to be even thinking, Hey, in the future, perhaps at one point I might need these medications. And I think that we're in danger of letting our health go too much because we take for granted how easy it is to access these things. We're not looking, we can get, you can barely get people to think about what their health will be a year from now, let alone 10 years from now or any kind of preventative care and this guy's hallelujah. I only have to walk four days instead of eight days to get some medications that I might maybe need in the future to keep myself alive. How many people? or patients do you know that take those preventative measures now
1: it really makes you think hard what medicine can do and what can be done
2: mm-hmm. for the
1: betterment of of humankind more than patients of, of human being yeah. you said you had two stories from that the so other that one is funny that place is very cold it's up in the mountains uh, when I say cold, Like really cold (laughs) (laughs) and obviously it's like the population over there is not well off, like poor and they have that daily duties to do, just to eat dinner. Maybe it's very tough life they have. So we have two big holidays, festivals, festivals in Nepal. One is called dasai one is called Tihar. 15 days is separated between these two. So the biggest festivals we have. So, so this guy comes and he has layer of skin on top of his skin. Like you can see that something's weird on his hands. And we've been talking and he goes, I oh, have abdomen and this and that. And then we give the medication and just FYI Oh, uh, is that your regular skin? It's different. And he goes like this. Yeah, I don't know. This has been here for or eight, nine, ten months now, or even a year. Oh, can I? Like, yeah, I try to scratch it off, and easily get scratched. And before, yeah, okay, in the beginning it might get, but it gets off. And the more I peel, it comes off like uh, mud, mud kind of thing. And I'm doing this. I'm looking at it in the gloves, and it's mud. And I ask him, sorry, personal question. Don't you take showers? He goes, Doc, it's so cold over here and I have to work. I am not taking shower every day. I'm taking shower once a year during the site.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I, like, so I he, have
1: no words what to right? say about that now.
0: Yeah, he just had a layer of mud. Just That was his, part of his body. He had it for nine, ten months, and he just didn't even think about
1: it. Just That's his second skin, his mud layer. Maybe it kept him a little warm. I don't know. Probably. And- exactly that's what he said that's exactly what I said I'm not taking this out because it's taking me warm but infection wise I'm fine just give me the <laughs> medication for my abdomen pain I'm out of here like no worse.
2: <laughs> once a year that's
1: a new one it's but it's very cold like I stay we stayed there for five days I'm not gonna lie I think I shower two days you know what deal oh. is fine and also you warm up the water and then when you start taking shower oh okay also there's no gas heater there's nothing this it's like a real real place by the time the water is boiled and you're taking shower cold
2: it's gonna say i love how you're like once a year but i get it like i get it (laughs) not
0: even not even judging him just thinking yeah i i understand that choice
2: yeah yeah i get
0: it (laughs) now to come from that so to come from nepal and to work there and to have these people that are so grateful. Was it a huge culture shock when you started taking care of Americans? Or did you find a lot of gratitude in the Americans you took care of? Was it, did they just take it for granted? Is it a mixed bag? How is it coming from one completely different system to America where they may come in and say, oh, i read that online, or come in with their print off, hey, I know I have this and give me the MRI.
1: It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. I have found patients that really know what they're talking about. They research. I know when I say research, it's not just Google research, like they research research. And then they know, like, and then there are some who know a few medical terms, but don't know the full meaning. And then they Google research. And there are some who are completely oblivious of what's going on with them. Which reminds me back at home, I have seen those like few percentage of the people like that too. So, so it's a mixed bag, but in general, I think we take things for granted really. Oh, because I have a health insurance plan. You gotta treat me. I'm here. So do everything you can. The humbleness goes out of the window in a way. hmm but there's a mixed bag of patients that i've seen some have no clue what's going on and some have heavily researched on everything like you said oh so i can't do mri because i can't do contrast because my creatinine is okay (laughs) but as a culture shock i was not much culturally shocked because my parents were here and then we've been talking on phones and i was kept in the loop how things work here or stuff like that i'll tell you Funny story. So when I came back in twenty twelve, the first time I went to uh, my parents where they were living in Maryland at that time. Oh, think of that, they're still in Maryland. Never mind. My sister takes me uh, in her car, and this is the second day I landed. I fresh off the boat. <laughs> English. This English, what I'm speaking right now, is my school English from Nepal. So there's nothing added here. So I felt okay. I know English. America, the people talk in English. We good. So I come here, I didn't realize that English I know is not conversational English. And then she takes me to Chipotle the first time and she go order what we want to eat. And <laughs> I, I'm in front of the person and I'm like looking at the menu and I'm, I, I don't know how to say what. And the person on the other side, oh, do you want a, a bowl or burrito? I don't know. And my sister is like, I'm not helping you. <laughs> I was that bad in conversing in English, I don't know what to say. When people came up to me and like walking in the street and then we were walking and then someone was like, hey, what's up? I didn't know how to say it back. <laughs> I was like, the words didn't come out. And I'm thinking, I know English. What <laughs> is wrong with me? I can't even say hello back. I didn't know how to speak. I didn't know how to respond to things. <laughs> that that was the cultural difference that that i went through
2: to be fair i still don't know if i want a burrito or a bowl at chipotle so (laughs) english got nothing to do with it
1: i thought i knew
0: a little bit of german like I, i thought i was conversational in german and then i landed in germany and a guy i was with accidentally grabbed somebody's bag and he came over and started yelling at us in german and then instantly I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I'm scared. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. Speaking it with people that are also a second language or you're learning it at school or you talk with your teachers that are speaking in German, you feel like you're having a conversation. It's so different. The pace and the speed and the just the words and the vernacular. It's, it's so different when you're <laughs> dumped in a foreign country and say, go
1: for it. It's Yeah, it was difficult.
0: Now, since you've been in the States, what's your biggest or your most memorable patient encounter?
1: What was a memorable encounter when I got to speak Nepali with a Nepali patient? So by looks, I know I look like Indian or Pakistani or in that subcontinent. I know for a shot that I don't look like a Nepali person. I went into this room and the patient, I saw the name, the obvious, it was the obvious name. So I went in and when I um, started talking in the English source, and then I said, in Nepali, I said, hello, you're speaking Nepali. The amount of shock she faced <laughs> when I said in Nepali, I was like, what? <laughs> and then she was very happy that she could share things that was easier to for her to share in her native language than in English. I thought New York, every other person would be Nepali. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If I go in the hospital, every third or second or third person would be a Nepali patient, but I've never seen a Nepali patient, and she was the first one. And <laughs> till now she's the only one I have saw, seen. And that was a very, the way she had, she could explain her things to me in her language. It was quite nice too. I just <laughs> talking about inside a hospital <laughs> i know how important it is for people to be
0: understood and to have somebody that understands them so for somebody to speak her language i know when we have people that are deaf in my clinics american disability act we're required by law to have a translator some people waive that right and they just come in and we type on the computer we go back and forth but when we bring in the interpreters and we have that full conversation back and forth, I can just see how much it helps. And then it's just, it's touching to go that extra mile or to have something that they want understood. And then I, I have my patients that are deaf. They will often text or email me because it's just easier than calling. And they're just so grateful, like the extra little steps. So I can only imagine how amazing it was for this patient to speak in her home tongue in her language and finally be able to say exactly what she needed to and noah's completely understood and it's it's hard even when you speak the same language to understand what patients are telling you sometimes the way they describe it the words they use and if it's not your natural language it's just so hard to say the right thing and understand it and just i think about all the miscommunications even people that are native english speakers have what i tell patients and what they hear so i i can only imagine how much of a great moment that was for her to just have you speak to her in Nepalese.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Also, my, I say that I'm a product of rejections and not in a bad way, but rejection has been my encouragement to pursue medicine again. I said this with the utmost humility that when I'm inside a room, and the patient after everything is done we encounter the patient as we walk out the patient holds my hand and says you're going to be so good in coming years that really boosts up your confidence and makes you forget about those rejections that you had that happened to me like i've seen so many rejections and downfalls every time and i don't know what success is i have not stated, I have not seen it. I don't know what it is because I've been in this constant downfall at least career wise. And when a patient does that, holds your hand and says that you're going to be so good in coming years. It's like, okay. At least I'm doing something good. And this patient knows that whatever I am doing is accountable for her betterment and at that moment you don't care there's an attending looking at you like oh okay this is happening to you you don't <laughs> care someone's someone third person is looking it it's between you and the patient and it gives you sense of belonging that okay whatever i'm doing is at least working for them yeah and like you said
0: medicine by itself the knowledge that we study it's something available to a lot of people the woman that came to in nepal that had pneumonia It wasn't taxing for you mentally to come up with the right diagnosis and treat her. There are a lot of people that can help people. There's a lot of information online. If you're intelligent, you may be able to find the correct answer online. So what makes somebody a truly great doctor? And it really is your ability to connect with your patients, to be able to understand them, to be able to connect with them and then explain the treatment plan and be there for them. And so a doctor that has had nothing but success in her life or his life may not be able to connect with those patients as well. They may know everything. They may know every detail of every disease and they may be a horrible doctor. And somebody that's known rejection like you that's had to buckle down and go through it twice and to study twice and to swallow your pride and to go back to the beginning, that's going to give you an ability to connect with people that a lot of doctors don't have. And so what makes a good physician? Knowledge. But also humanity, like being humble yourself, knowing what patients are going through, having that empathy for their plight and their hardship and knowing hardship, you can connect with that in a meaningful
1: way that some people may not be able to. It really humbles you down. It really humbles you down. As you said, like following the pride, I'm not going to lie in the beginning, it hurt when I saw people like four or five, I was class of 20, 2006. So if I saw a class of 15, getting into fellowship and I'm still struggling, that hurt, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say "Oh, that's because I'm I'm a human being it's okay. No, it hurt. It hurt very badly. When you see people getting what they, they deserve, what they wanted in life. And you start questioning yourself if you believe in god you start questioning god like why me why and it's not a thing of me no why don't say why me say try me no do not try me you don't want to go through this (laughs) it's it's, i don't understand try me do not try this is very (laughs) painful to go through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the beginning it really i had to swallow my pride yes but it humbles you down what they say like time heals everything it does heal everything it takes time time takes time to heal but it does heal and then after some time you start getting humble you start getting that peace within yourself and then you really understand the fact that everyone's time will come someone goes soon someone get later everyone time comes but in the beginning you would not understand the this line it just it's a bunch of words scramble but after some time, you start understanding the real depth in what it really means. And
0: now that you're getting to your, your third year, you're doing your clerkships you're in the hospital training, are you still thinking internal medicine and pulmonary? Have you
1: just you
2: chosen something chosen else? That? Are you
1: looking at other specialties now? In the beginning, it was always home critical care
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then just to throw a curveball i started discussing with my wife what if i want to go into other let's say gi or endo and she knows me better than i know myself and she goes at the end of the day you'll go back to foam and um, it's still foam but i wouldn't want to say you never know but i think deep down I know it's going to be a poem. It's internal medicine fellowship and poem critical care. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going getting out of my head. <laughs> hey, if you're
0: meant for it, that's your path. That's okay. Like To each their own. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we all like different things in medicine. I, I knew somebody that had matched radiation oncology, which is one of the better lifestyles and better income earners. And then he did his intern year and poem critical care, just this is what I'm going to do with my life. And so he left the residency and went into internal medicine and everybody have said you're insane you're going to make half as much money you're going to work twice as hard but that was his calling he
1: just he found it and he said this is what i want to do with my life as somebody on my podcast when i asked our deal the osteopathic chief about medicine and he said it beautifully that if you're in medicine to get rich to earn money just get out (laughs) this is not (laughs) you're not here to earn money and i don't know what what uh, modi- motivates me or what uh, magnetizes me towards home critical care I and mean, even the sound of small beeper sound inside icu makes me like oh my god that's so beautiful sound i, mean, I don't know what okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, So that's great that's like i said it's nice to know because at some point If you don't love what you do, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you're not gonna be happy. And so you need to first find the career that makes you happy. And if it also makes you money, that's wonderful. But yeah, money's never gonna replace being miserable or doing something you don't enjoy or that you don't find a passion for.
2: Tell us more about your podcast.
1: Oh. What started it and all that. I have this knack of, I used to make up stories. In such a way that, if if I went to watch a movie and someone tells me, okay, did you watch this movie? I would say from the end to beginning, like, without missing a beat, kind of thing. Okay, now the light comes. Now the trailer shows. Now the <laughs> name comes. And this like all the way. I wanted to share my story of getting into medical school at least the second time, because I wouldn't say problem, but the thing is, I think we only share stories of success. Like in in our part of the world, oh, he got matched into this. You know what? Like you said, the guy, like after seven years, he got matched. So we only share stories of success. We never say that poor guy, he tried for so many years and he tried to scramble, didn't get into match and still trying and he's working this, but still this. We never go through that. And then if that person got into, it's lost in some way and only the new fresh stories of success are shared so i wanted to share my story to i know there are so many people who are still trying to get into residency i know people who are getting rejections after rejections and they don't know what to do and if i say that okay i went through this path if you want to take it there is a path like be a medical student again and then go through residency if that's what you really want to. So I wanted to share that story. I thought vlogging is the way. And then I researched how to do blog vlog and what to do. And then one fine day with the ring light and the phone, I recorded myself and I kept it aside. Thank God I did that. For a couple of weeks, at least three or four weeks, I forgot about it. And then one day I was like, oh, I hadn't made that. Let me see. And then why not let me post it and it was just a introductory vlogging it was not the whole story i was like hey my name is this and then i'm starting a vlog hope you guys like share subscribe the whole shebang and then Mm -hmm. okay i watched it and i haven't watched the the more cringiest thing than that ever in my life (laughs) i don't think i have ever anything nothing comes closest to that it was I was being very animated. I was not being myself. I was being very camera conscious. I was being timid. I was, everything was there. All the bad proportions were there, but I deleted it. Did it. Uh, I don't think I showed my wife to, I don't <laughs> think that I, it was that bad. Uh, then, then the idea of podcast came in my head. If I want to share the story one fine day, I started recording it and then the rest is history, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not too dissimilar from what I went through. So I had some ideas of things I wanted to share, stories I wanted to share, and I recorded three of my favorite stories. And when I tell it to people, I'm animated. I'm in the moment. I'm explaining things. It's fun for me. And I sat down and recorded it. And then I watched the recordings. It was just flat and boring because I wasn't connecting with the person. I was just talking to a camera and I thought, I don't know, maybe I can eventually learn to be really animated and big on the video. But I I said, I'd rather talk to people. And also, yes, I have a lot of stories from medicine. I have a lot of things I want to share about what I do and the experiences I've had, but yet I'm just one person with one set of experiences. So that's why we branched into the podcast as well, because at some point, who cares about one person's experience? I want to hear about. Your experience and the next person's experience, and just this larger tapestry of cultures and beliefs. And there's that little thread that weaves in between every doctor, nurse, PA, nurse practitioner is that desire to help, right? And that feeling of caring for other human beings that weaves through everybody's story. Like you said, if you're in it for money. Go, leave. There's other ways to make money. There's probably much better ways to make money. Oh, yeah. definitely. And so, <laughs> yeah. So, no matter where, Nepal, United States, if you enter medicine in, in one way or another, the common thread is people care about people. And that's mm-hmm. what we wanted to highlight. And yes, some of the stories are funny. Some of them are sad. Some of them are gross. But yet, it's all part of what makes it interesting.
1: Yeah. Like I said, like I had a neck to tell stories and then that quickly changed into sharing my story with people's stories like everyone has their own okay for the past one hour we've been talking and then i I might have gone so many times saying then oh i was uh deep down in a rabbit hole or i was bad or i had the rejections and i was feeling bad and but that is only my story there are like way too many people that might have hurt or felt bad in more ways than one can imagine i wanted to share their stories but not only the bad part but how they overcame that and that could inspire other people who are listening oh so even after all that hardship there's a triumph there's a light at the end of the tunnel so that can be there but I wanted to share those stories too. And then I started interviewing people, my colleagues, doctors and everyone, and then shared their story, how they became into, why they came into the field and everything related uh, with their lives. Would it be at least in some way inspired someone, like a, a person, if one person get inspired, I would be content. I would be very happy with that. And that was the reason for starting med school 2.0. See the name, <laughs> <laughs> med school 2.0. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: so that's great. Um, we want to inspire people to, to one stay in medicine, but also people outside of medicine to look at medicine as a career. I can't tell you how many people told me not to become a doctor. Even the doctors told me not to be a doctor. They said to something wow. different and I'm trying to turn around no, please be a doctor, be a nurse, join us. We need more people. We need more people to care. It's an amazing career. So part of what we want to do as well is tell people join, join healthcare. Be part mm. of it. It's one of the most rewarding careers you can have. And there's gonna be ups and downs, but we're all in it together.
2: That's life, man. Ups and downs <laughs> exist outside of healthcare as they exist inside of healthcare. So yeah, yeah.
0: but it's a career that means something. So we appreciate you spending your evening with us. We appreciate your wife
2: mm-hmm. for
0: letting you pursue your passion and being a support and
2: oh, we take, need you we take, need you <laughs> as a doctor providing <laughs> for yeah. our
0: communities so thank you so much to your wife as well mm-hmm. for supporting you and taking care of your kids mm-hmm. while you pursue this because that patient said you're going to help a lot of people
2: mm-hmm. you're
0: going to you're going you're gonna to do a lot of good in the world so thank you for med school oh. 2.0 thank mm-hmm. you for sticking with it um thank you for being who you are
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It feels feels really weird in a way that this is the first time I've been in this part of the mic and not (laughs) part of the mic. Thank you for letting me come to the show and share my story with you on your show. And as I said, if I could inspire even a single person who really wants to get into medicine or who is trying to get into or was in my shoes a couple of years back hey there, there there are options there's a way to get into medicine and help people if that's really your calling you should it was going down in obscurity career-wise but I just wanted to have a chance to say that well you tried so here yeah, <laughs> I'm trying so thank you You're so trying. much yeah. to, to have me thank here. you so much thank yeah you. thank you bye, bye.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please rate, review, and share this episode so we can continue to get you more stories in the future.